You are listening to The Lex Validus Show. Hello and welcome back. This is LVS episode 5. It has been a couple of crazy weeks, has it not? Airstrikes, counter airstrikes, we will not be talking about that. I think most of us have had quite enough of that particular drama. So what we are going to do is talk about the India Today conclave. In particular, one speech given by Pratap Bhanu Mehta, one of India's prominent intellectuals and a man that I've come to respect over the years. For those of you who do not know what the conclave is, I'm going to read their description verbatim from the YouTube channel. India Today Conclave is India's best-known global thought platform. The signature event aims at charting a bold new future through free and honest exchange of ideas amongst the finest global minds. Now, I'm not sure if I agree with the finest global minds part. I mean, it has featured some, well, putting it mildly, it has featured some jokers in the past. We've had some embarrassing exchange of words on the platform this year, which is fine. I guess part of the appeal is having some sort of drama at a thing like this. There have been 15 conclaves so far, and for the most part, they've been pretty decent. The guests have been high quality, and if you listen to them, most of the talks given are uh, stimulating. Even the ones that I disagree with, if they're good, thoughtful arguments, I will pay it the respect that it is due. But coming back to Mr. Mehta's speech, in its essence, it's speaking about how nationalism is being used to divide people. That's the core message of the talk. And I urge anyone who hasn't seen it to actually go and take a look at it. It's it's well worth your time. It's only, the actual speech is only about 13 minutes or so, followed by a question and answer session, sort of like a soft rebuttal of sorts. And it is well worth your time. What I will be talking about today is not so much the content of the entire speech. I think it speaks for itself. But the questions that were asked at the end of the talk. Now, I must say this. Rahul Kaval now is a journalist who moderates these events usually. And he was the one doing it this year as well. And he was the one asking Mr. Mehta the follow-up questions. Now, Rahul is not a someone I'm a fan of. Let's just put it that way. I find him to be a spokesperson for the government for the most part, though that isn't a personal attack on his character as such. I don't know the man. I'm just going to assume he's been given orders and he's fulfilling them. But there is one question that he asked that really got to me. It really, really got to me because it's one that comes up every time we discuss this government and, uh, this joke of a prime minister that we have. And it's this, you know what? I'm actually going to play a small clip, just the question. Pratap Banu Mehta is one of our leading public intellectuals you've laid out over the last 13 minutes, all that you think has gone wrong with India in the last five years. Is there anything you think has gone right with the India story as well? Or do you only see the negatives or comment only on the negative? The, the shorter the time you give a speaker, the more the differences are accentuated, right? Uh, so, no, look, I think, to put it in context, right, uh, there is still great hope in Indian democracy. There is no question about it, right? I mean, this is why we are having this conversation. Okay. But I think it's fair to say that over the last five, ten years, it's, it's not particular to this government, and that's why I, I, I don't think the issue is just confined to this government. 
the kind of transformative possibilities that we thought possible 10 years ago seem to be out of our grasp, right? India is at the cusp of so many fundamental transitions as, as we've heard over the last two days, right? Ask yourself the question, have we made the transition from crony capitalism to well-regulated markets? The answer is maybe a little bit here, a little bit there, but broadly no, right? Ask yourself the question. Can I ask you yeah. that question, Mr. Yeah, Mehta? Sure. In terms of how assets were allocated earlier, yeah. which is completely ad hoc, to how assets are being allocated now through e-tendering and auction, there is a world of difference. See the work that the insolvency and bankruptcy code is made. Yeah. It's about whether you see a glass yeah. half empty yeah. or half full. Sure. There are multiple steps that yeah. we've taken yeah. on the issue that you just yeah. raised, of moving from completely non-discretion, completely discretionary yeah. allocation of assets yeah. to a far more transparent way of doing it, yeah. except that glass is still half empty uh, and you don't see the part that Okay, so you heard the question. It's quite simple. The idea that anyone criticizing the government for all its flaws and the things that it is getting wrong is actually seeing the glass half full. I call this the, the Indian crab defense. The Indian crab defense, of course, being this idea that India is like a giant basket of crabs. And every time a crab tries to escape this shitty situation the other crabs pull it down. So in this particular metaphor, Modi is the crab that's trying to get India out of the mess and all of us, the uh, so-called anti-national liberals, are bringing him down by asking all these silly questions and whatnot, which is a ridiculous idea, first of all. And it also is not so much a question as it is a smokescreen. Before I get to that, I must say this. I was surprised that Mr. Mehta seemed to falter a little bit. If you watch the video in its entirety, the question is asked, and then it, it's almost like he's on the back foot for a while. Although, to be fair, he does recover and come back pretty strong. But it does seem a little strange to me that someone of his intellect would be taken aback by a question like this, because this is one of the most often asked questions. And to be fair to Rahul Kamal, it's not an unfair question. The question itself is fair, right? It's just that the premise is flawed, in my opinion. I call the question a smokescreen. Because that's what it is. And it's a bad one of that. It makes it sound like this is the only government that has done anything of value. A notion that is so patently absurd, it almost doesn't warrant a response, really. Where was this defense when it was being used for the UPA or the Congress for its 60 years? Are we to believe that nothing happened in these 60 years? I'm no fan of the Congress. As far as I'm concerned, this mess that we find ourselves in is their fault. I mean, how bad do you have to be to make someone like Modi look good? The butcher of Godra, I call him. How bad do you have to be to make him look like a viable option? So I'm not a fan of the Congress, but let's be a little objective here. To say that nothing happened for as long as the Congress was in power is ridiculous. It is just absolutely ridiculous. So this mythical glass that seems half full. It only seems to show up when defending the BJP. I don't understand that at all. We don't even have to look over 60 years. Let's just look at the last 20, right? See how far India has come from the late 90s over to the mid, say, say in the 2015 or so. Who's going to claim here that India has stagnated, did not change in any way? That's ridiculous. So do previous governments not get the same benefit? 
do they not get to say that hey look at the glass man it was half empty to you but to us it seems half full maybe you need to focus on the positives rather than the negatives you see the problem here that is a question that can be asked by either side and it doesn't really get us anywhere the question to ask is this at what cost at what cost is this supposed mythical glass being filled let's use an analogy say you are suffering from burns on your arms right the doctor you're going to, you feel is not giving you the attention you deserve. You're in pain. It sucks. So another doctor comes along and he says, hey, this guy, this other doctor, I know he's bad news. He's obviously not treating you. So why don't you give me a shot? I promise I'm much better than him. And you go, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I'm in pain here anyway. I may as well give it a shot. So the other doctor says, all right, here you go. Take this pill. It'll, uh, It'll knock you out for a couple of hours. You'll wake up and you'll feel much better. So you do that. He's the doctor. He knows these things, you suppose. You take the pill and sure enough, you go to sleep. You wake up. You wake up, your arms are bandaged. You haven't seen the wounds yet, but you feel better. So I guess he must have done something. But then you look down and you see there are two scars where there shouldn't be. And you realize your kidneys are missing. Now, what would you say to a man who said, Hey, what are you complaining about, man? Your arms are fine. Why are you focusing on the negative? That's what this feels like to me. This is why I call it a smokescreen. It's the wrong question to be asking. It's at what cost is this progress happening? And let's just talk about the progress, by the way. Half of the claims, you know what? Not even half. More than half of the claims that the prime minister makes are lies. I'm not overrepresenting it by saying that. I'm not saying it's a slight misinterpretation of data reframing of an argument no 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 they are outright lies okay the claims that he makes the statements that he says are simply not true we'll get to that in a second but here's what some of the claims are the economy is in a great state india is in a much stronger position whatever the hell that means and now we are looking at a bold country marching into the future all of these statements mean nothing first of all on its face they mean nothing the economy is on a downward slope that's reality demonetization was a disaster gst is a mess and the hate the hate in this society right now are we to pretend that an excel sheet or a whatsapp message that says otherwise is somehow fact am i to believe are you to believe that our society is not more divided than it has ever been since maybe the days of partition is that just an illusion i mean come on the way i see it this mythical glass isn't even ours anymore all this talk about corruption, let's not forget, corruption was the number one thing that the BJP campaigned on during the last election. Their whole thing was about clean governance, you know, we will root out corruption, etc., etc. Well, as Mr. Mehta says in his speech, the corruption that we should be worried about is not the everyday small-scale corruption, slipping a hundred bucks to a cop so that he looks the other way when you jump a light. That kind of corruption, it is painful. It certainly doesn't look good. It feels bad too, but that is low-level corruption that any big country can kind of survive. It's the high-level corruption. It's the systemic corruption that's killing us. It's the crony capitalism argument that the economy and the government, by extension, or maybe you could say the other way around, the government and the economy, by extension, works only for a favored few. Has that changed? Are we to believe that people like Nirav Modi and the Ambani's and the Adani's have not been better off after this government came in power? Are we to believe that's just an illusion too? Is that us focusing on the negative? What changed? 
if Wadra was bad, and I admit he is, then the Adanis are not good news either. So, and the scale, the scale of the corruption is way higher now. All that has happened in the last four years is that we've been tearing ourselves apart. The powers of the government have increased, and this glass has been slowly sliding over to the other side of the table. And if you question anyone in power, the prime minister in particular, if you question him, if you question their methods, if you question the results, you are instantly branded as either an anti-national, a traitor, a pseudo-liberal, or just plain liberal. Apparently being a liberal now is a bad thing. I didn't get that memo, by the way. When did that happen? I thought trying to be well-read, educated, presenting good arguments, this is how I see being a liberal. I thought that was a good thing. I thought that was like the cornerstone of having a society that actually works. But apparently, ascribing to those values makes you a bad person now. I, I, wh what happened? What happened? This is supposed to be progress, really? This is supposed to be progress. Well, uh, forgive me for thinking otherwise. I mentioned earlier that most of what Modi says is lies. It, it, because they are. Look at what he said in the past, right? He, one of his rallies, he went around, I think it was Bihar, and he said, Alexander came to Bihar and he was defeated here. Yeah, slight problem. Alexander never came to Bihar. He never made it that far. He never made it that far. That is just an outright lie. Okay? And there was another one. Uh, women do not have to take their husband's names anymore when they're making a, getting a new passport. Uh, well, they never had to. That was never a thing, yet he's taking credit for it. These, these are just two of the examples that come to my mind, but it's almost like an everyday thing. People give Trump a hard time, rightly so, the man's a clown, and he lies like no one's business, but it's the same kind of lies. He just says stuff, takes credit for something someone else did, something that hasn't even happened, and then when you ask him, you are an anti-national. You question him on anything, Assuming he even bothers answering, which is rare enough, his team is just going to label you, jump on you like a pack of rabid dogs. Gee, let me think. Where have we seen that trick before? There's no denying what Mr. Mather says. 2019 will be an election with the lowest expectations and the highest stakes. And I don't know what to make of that. I will say this, though. It's time we started asking ourselves some better questions. Questions like... What would this country have looked like if it wasn't the Congress, but the BJP at the helm of affairs for the last 70 years that we've been free? What do you think this country would actually look like? Give that some serious thought. If you're a woman that's listening to this, I don't need to tell you the kind of price you've had to pay growing up in a society like India's. I don't have to tell you that. You already know. Now ask yourself this. This is for the ladies in the audience. Do you feel any safer over the last four years? than you did before. Has this government done anything to make you feel like you are somehow more safer than you were four years ago? If you have kids and some of them happen to be daughters, how do you think this nation looks like for them with 20 years under them? I'll say this again so that it's very plain, very obvious. I am no fan of the Congress party at all, but I do grade things on a moral curve. I choose not to see things as a black or white situation. There are some places where that works, sure. But this is not one of those places. This is not a black and white situation. It's very gray. 
In essence, what we're dealing with is the least of two bad choices. And I know what most people are going to say. Well, that was what we were going in with five years ago. The BJP and the Congress was choosing between two bad choices. And we've already seen one of the bad choices. Let's give the other guys a shot. That makes sense. Only now we see just how bad this particular choice is. How long are we going to pretend that the things that we're seeing every single day are not happening? How is the press now? How does journalism look like in Modi's India? How does it look like? You turn on the TV and you want to tell me that what you're seeing is actually news? Oh, come now. The UPA government, the Congress government has done a lot wrong. They wouldn't have been kicked out of power in a way that they had if it wasn't for that fact. But when ever in the history of this country have you seen a situation where an eight-year-old girl is raped there is then a solidarity march for the rapists. Two of those people in the crowd that was marching have then been promoted to BJP members. When in this country's history has that low point ever been reached? Forget great. This is looking pretty black and white now. Pretty black and white. At this point, anyone that supports the BJP is supporting that kind of action. Either they dismiss everything that they see as lies, or they're being willfully ignorant. Or the third one, and this is the really scary one, they just don't care. They don't care. So it's not the fact that the UPA was bad. It was that it was their team that wasn't winning. That's the primary thing. And I don't know what to do with that information. How do you change someone's mind when they go to that level? I have no idea. How does one even begin to have a conversation with someone who genuinely believes you are everything that is wrong with the planet today? If only people like you did not exist, we would be in a better situation. How do you discuss anything with them? I have no idea. But to the ones that are not as far gone, if there is some semblance of hope left within those minds, we need to start with better questions. That's all I have to say on that particular subject. Again, to anyone that hasn't seen the actual talk, just look up PB Matha, India Today Conclave 2019. Even Matha Conclave 2019 will work. I've tried this actually. Give the video a listen and see if that speaks to you. And if it does, by all means, spread it. Make other people see it. It's only about 13 minutes long. Some may see it for uh, just the entertainment value. That's fine. Some might actually be forced to think about things a little bit more, which would be the better scenario. But spread the message. It's, uh, at this point, this is all we have now. So at the very least, let's not just sit twiddling our thumbs because I firmly believe our freedoms are being taken away one by one by a man that is, uh, that is by far the biggest threat to the Indian democratic experiment than anything I can think of. The only other person that I can think was this much of a threat was Indira Gandhi during the emergency phase. But this guy has taken it even beyond that. But it's a slow boiling frog problem. It's been happening slowly over a number of years that people just keep getting used to it. So stop getting used to it and stop being quiet. For God's sake, just stop being quiet. That is not working. You must see that by now. Anyway, watch the video. No more to say on this subject. Moving on to something else now. The Brookings Institute panel discussion that was supposed to happen on the IPKF operations. Those of you who heard the last episode, that's what I left you with, was uh, Sandeep and I would be discussing what came out of that particular panel. We did attend the panel, and unfortunately, it wasn't what we were expecting. I won't 
look, it was still an invite. We still went. And I'm obviously quite grateful for being invited. So I won't badmouth the event too much. But I think it's fair to say little of tangible use came out of it. It was supposed to be a discussion talking about the lessons that were learned. And that's not what we got. It was more of a recounting of uh, incidents by the various panelists, little in terms of lessons learned. So that turned out to be a disappointment. Long story short, we will not be talking about the event. At some point in the future, Sandeep and I will sit down and talk about Sri Lanka and what happened there, but not for the near foreseeable future, certainly not based on what we had, what we saw at the event, unfortunately. That said, Sandeep and I are actually sitting down next week uh, to discuss something else. What that something else is, you'll have to wait and see. What else? Oh, yeah. Got to see the Netflix movie Triple Frontier, the one starring Ben Affleck, Pablo Pascal, Oscar Isaac, and Charlie Hunnam. This was a special screening. The Netflix India team was doing something. Um, so this was like a special premiere for a select few individuals. I managed to find myself on that list. So thank you, Netflix India. That was pretty cool. The movie is quite good, guys. I went in with low expectations, I'll be honest. Netflix films have tended to be kind of like a mixed bag. They haven't been all that good. Usually they tend to be slightly average or just above average at best but this one is good it's well worth your time it's well worth your time i've actually reviewed the movie in depth on the blog which is lexvalidus.com so uh, if you want to check that out by all means go ahead but bottom line if you are into heist movies and five army dudes doing stuff in a jungle this one should work for you it's not just the action it's it's actually the action is a very small part of the movie there is action. There are some tremendously tense moments in the film. To me, it was more about the questions the movie forces you to ask. Hey, that's kind of like a theme of this particular episode, isn't it? Questions. This wasn't planned, I swear. But honestly, that's what the movie was about for me. It, was, uh, it forces you to ask yourself, what would I have done in this situation? And that's not something many films do. Or if they do, they don't do it really well. This was tight. For an action movie and a heist movie at that, it didn't have to do this at all. It could have just as well left it and just focused on the action and the tension, of which there is a lot, the tension part at least, and it would have been a fair enough movie on its own. But because it chose to go down this particular path, I respect it even more. I hope there's a sequel for this, really, because they leave that kind of open-ended. I won't spoil it, obviously. If you want more information, by all means, go see the review. Otherwise, if you are on the fence, I'd say give this a shot, especially as someone who likes heist or action films. This is a good one. Next week, me and my friends are going in for uh, Captain Marvel. This is an odd one because usually when Marvel releases something, I have a pretty good idea of who the character is, what the backstory is. Captain Marvel is someone I know almost nothing about. I mean, obviously, I know some bits of it. I did read the Civil War II storyline, so that's where I know her from mostly. Otherwise, I'm going in kind of fresh, so it should be interesting. I wonder how this ties in with Infinity War and so on. Stay tuned for that next week. All right, that's it. Spread the word on social media, guys. Leave us a review if you think the show is worth your time. If there's something you don't like, tell me that too. Feedback is how I know what to fix. 
I appreciate that the sound quality in the last episode wasn't exactly as good as it should be. I have some new equipment that I'm trying out and I obviously didn't do my due diligence. Something in the editing wasn't quite right. Hopefully this one sounds better. Do let me know if that's the case. Once again, I can be found on lexvalidus.com. That's L-E-X-V-A-L-I-D-U-S.com. Also at Lex Validus on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask them and I'll do my best to get back to you next week. I already have a couple, actually. I'm waiting for about four or five so that I can do like a quick Q&A thing like episode four was. All right, that's all for me. Have a great week ahead, guys. Stay safe. Remember, ask better questions.